Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Brown Bag. I'm your host, Michael T. Brown. Hey, follow us on Twitter at mtbrown98 or connect with us on facebook.com slash thebrownbag1. Catch our broadcast on demand after taping or get a free download on iTunes. Have you missed any of our previous broadcasts? No worries. Just go to blogtalkradio.com, search The Brown Bag, and listen at your leisure. Well, friends, we have a great broadcast in store for you today. Did you know that you can live a maximized life, a life that is focused, intentional, impactful, a life that brings out the best in yourself, those around you, and the world at large? We want to discuss this and much more with our very special guest today. Hey, you know, Mike, it never ceases to amaze me the impact that one person with a made-up mind can make. You know, when I think about this platform that we have through Blog Talk Radio, it all started with a vision. Someone said we can do something new, something innovative to impact the masses, much like what you're trying to do with social digital media. What are some of your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, it's an ever-changing world, Mike, uh, and you bring up a really good point when you talk about it. sort of in your control now. Whatever you can really conceive now, there's a way out there you can go about doing it and be successful at it. And so we really have to open up our minds and think a little bit differently about everything that we've been doing in the past and, you know, have a new mindset and be innovative and make sure that we are still focused on, you know, reaching out and touching the masses. Absolutely. I like that key word, focused. And, Mike, the, the person we've got on today, our special guest, is just that. He's very focused and he's driven. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our special guest, please? Dr. Johnny Parker helps individuals thrive by providing the blueprints to develop stronger relationships. He's a highly regarded leadership consultant, executive coach, and relationship architect. He currently directs the Counseling and Men's Ministry at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Landover, Maryland. He's also the author of Renovating Your Marriage, Faith Like a Child, and Exceptional Living, 31 Exercises to Enrich Your Life, Work, and Relationships. National media regularly feature Johnny's solid message such as CNN, BET, Ebony, Essence, and the Baltimore Sun newspaper. He's the former radio host of the Relationship Fitness Show heard in the Washington, D.C. area. He served as life coach and chaplain of the Washington Redskins. Johnny is a frequent speaker amongst NFL teams and helps professional athletes, NBA, NFL, PGA, and WNBA cultivate healthy personal lives. 
In May of 2008, Dr. Parker was part of a select group of marriage educators and researchers invited to the White House to discuss ways to strengthen marriages in America. His leadership experience includes staff positions at McLean Bible Church and Myrna Mayer Clinic, Promise Keepers, and an adjunct professor role at Washington Bible College and Capital Bible Seminary. He holds a bachelor's in biblical studies from Washington Bible College, a master's in counseling psychology from Bowie State University, and a doctorate in strategic leadership from Regent University in Virginia Beach. Dr. Johnny Parker, welcome to the Brown Bag. Well, good morning. Glad to be with you. Oh, we're glad to have you on. Dr. Parker, I don't want to waste any time. There's a lot I want to cover with you, sir. And I'm, I had the opportunity yeah, to it. hear you. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to have you on. I had the opportunity to hear you and meet you at a men's retreat here in the local area. And I tell you, you were just dynamite. Uh, it was obvious to me that you were operating on purpose and, and using your gifting. Let's start with this. How can people find their purpose and live a maximized life? Great question, Mike. And again, great to be with you, you this morning. Um, that is the question. Everyone wants to be on point. Everyone wants to be in sync. Everyone wants to be in their rhythm and their flow. Uh, I mean, no one sets out to say, uh, my goal is to be 20 years in prison. My goal is to right. get divorced in three years. You know, no, no one has that as a right. goal. Uh, so here's the thing. I think every life is telling a story, Mike. And the question that we have is what you're asking is how does my life tell the story that I want it to tell? And mm. so there are questions that we have to ask of our soul. I think we all have to interview our heart and soul, have real, real interviews with our heart and soul, and ask questions such as what makes my heart come alive? Uh, if money mm. were not an issue, what would I give myself to? Uh, if what's inside of me were never to surface, what might the world have lost? I love that last one. Let me say that one again. Mm. If what's yeah, inside of me were never to emerge, were never to surface, were never to come out, what might the world have lost? Um, so, you know, in my work with leaders, with uh, men, women, couples, CEOs, athletes, I ask those kinds of questions. Um, you know, if money were not an issue, what would you give yourself to? Yeah. And, um, and those, so I think you have to ask those kinds of questions to begin to bring up from the soul of one's ocean floor uh, bring up what's buried on the ocean floor of the soul and heart to bring up some of those thoughts, images, dreams, and desires. No, that's good. And I've heard it said, you know, where's the wealthiest place in the world? And, and sometimes we might think, you know, some, some foreign rich country that, you know, that has lots of oil or, or lots of natural resources. But really, I, I heard it said, you know, one of the wealthiest places is the cemetery because there's so many hopes and dreams, you know, that, that end up there. So it's, it's awesome to hear you talk about helping people discover their purpose. Tell me about your personal journey. Help our listeners get to know a little bit more about you, uh, yourself, your upbringing, and how that has led you to your current path in life. Yeah, well, I'm a native New Yorker, grew up in New York. Uh, first five years of my journey and story were, were pretty fun. Mom and dad, married, sister, two years younger. Uh, the last five years, from five to ten or six to ten, were pretty traumatic. Mom and dad, domestic violence, they divorced. And I share that part of the story because that really shaped my story and what I do today. You know, you've heard it say, the, the cliche, your pain becomes your purpose, your mess becomes your message. And that's 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 certainly true in my case. Um, you know, experiencing uh, what it's like to grow up in a broken home, and um, with a man who did not know, uh, as my dad would look back and say, did not know how to be a man, did not know how to be a father or a husband. Um, and so, you know, that really set me on a trajectory in terms of, um, you know, the work I do today, uh, coaching men, coaching families, coaching leaders, helping uh, them gain the blueprints, helping them tell a better story. So that's what I did. I, you know, I went to, I went to college and got a degree and uh, wanted to study the scriptures, uh, the Bible, and so I got a degree in biblical studies and counseling and then wanted to go further into counseling. So I knew I wanted to be a counselor uh, and coach, 
And so I've worked with psychiatric hospitals, worked with youth and detention centers, and and then was in private practice with marriage marriages and married couples. And my wife and I speak, and we travel and um, around the world uh, doing uh, events for leaders and for uh, for couples. And uh, we just celebrated, by the way, Mike, 25 years of marriage, June 3rd. Wow. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we just celebrated 25 years. And That's we awesome. have three sons, 22 and 18 and 15. So my work now is not just for other people. Now it's really, really hit home in terms of how do I help my own son, uh, yeah. 22, figure out his career, figure out his calling, figure out his purpose. And... Um, and now he's dating a young lady, so how do I help coach him on how to have a a relationship that flourishes and and and, yeah. and is healthy so it's you know now I really feel the need to step up my own game because now it's yeah. it's 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 hitting home yeah it 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 does hit home and it's I'm glad to hear you talk about you know and will your willingness to share your testimony because oftentimes that's where people you know can relate to us when they they see that we're works in progress ourselves and that that really stood out to me when I heard you speak. Let's talk a little bit about anxiety and stress. I mean, you look at you know our current world and all the things that's going on here in this country and around the world. Uh, just look over at the Middle East and just think about the amount of trauma and stress that people deal with. On their, yeah. you know, on a daily basis, uh, to be underneath yeah. so much pressure with the economy and just so much going on, with psychotropic medications now being, uh, you know, some of the biggest sellers now. What would you say, you know, what could you say to help somebody who's just dealing with anxiety and stress? What are some some principles that you like to push forward? You know, I think. You have to be very intentional about your own heart, your own life, your own soul, Mike. And so yeah. practically speaking, um, I encourage people to have a meeting, emphasis on M-E, quotation marks around the M-E in meeting, <laughs> uh, that mm-hmm. you have to have a meeting with yourself every day. I encourage people to be intentional about doing this in the morning where they, they lie down, lie on their back, and just begin to take slow, deep breaths, pay attention to their breathing, uh, meditate Mm. and dwell on something that's positive, that's life-giving, a place you've been, an experience you had that is very positive. And so I encourage people with, you're right, with all the stresses in the world, I cannot control all the external stress, but I can control what's happening internally in my own story, in my own life. And so I tell people to to do that, to spend 15, 20 minutes starting their day before they get up, get the coffee going, turn on CNN to see what other events have happened in the world, uh, but to take time to 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 uh, soul care, to take yeah. time to do self-care and to do that so that when you go out into this world, you go into that workplace, you go into that plane, you travel, you're on the Internet, hopefully you're able to give from a place of health, um, a place of fullness, and, and, uh, and, and, and a place of, um, you know, to be able to nurture so that you're not adding stress to the, uh, uh, yeah. to the story. You're not adding stress to the environment. Yeah, that, that's good, and I have the opportunity to, you know, teach a parenting class, and one thing that you're talking about, you know, stands out, and that is that self-care. You know, the Bible talks about how we should, you know, meditate on the Scripture. So when I hear you talk about, you know, starting your day in, in, in meditation uh, or whatever, you know, whatever form that might take for individuals, that can go a long way. You know, I'm, I'm big on not starting your day and just starting in the middle of a conversation with somebody or jumping on Facebook, but literally spending time thinking about, you know, what do I want my day to look like? So that, that's key. Yeah. I do want to ask you about uh, relationships. Let's talk about maybe that person who's out there that might be single. Maybe they're alone and they want to have a relationship, but they have trouble either meeting that, that person or they don't feel quite confident within themselves. What would you say to that person who might be looking for that soulmate? Well, um, certainly there's a lot of places to go these days to meet people, and I think those places right. are good. 
you know, there's the, you know, ChristianMingle.com, BlackPeopleMeet.com or .org, whatever, uh, eHarmony. And so so those are great places to kind of filter, be a filtering place to mm-hmm. to sort of get a sense of who the other person might be. Uh, it's a, it's a, it, it, I think it's okay to have a beat to, to, to that to serve as a connecting point. But here's the thing: even after you meet that person or you date, you still got to do the work. You still got to get to know them. You still got to do your own heart work and soul work, and you still got to, you know. Um, and I think even when you're looking for that person to sort of that soulmate, that companion, which is not bad, it works best, Mike. And this may shock some of the hearers. Let's let's be honest. Ninety nine percent of us, when we go on those sites or we're looking to meet that soulmate, we're really coming at it from a place of of, of someone serving us, someone that's mm-hmm. going to fulfill us, and it doesn't work and well looks, to come at it and, that way. You know, the looks, the looks as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting someone <laughs> right, that right, right. you know you, you know that's going to be attractive. You don't want to wake up right, if you marry right. someone, wake up in the morning and wish. You know what I'm saying? You want it. There's nothing wrong with the outside of the book looking nice. But you better have some good content on inside the book. You better have some good content, great character. So, you know, you just want to, you know, it works best in terms of finding that soulmate and a companion to really think, how can I be a server and look to enhance someone else's life and story and not simply a consumer looking to take Mm -hmm. from someone and look for someone to fulfill me? Wow, that's good. That's good. Now, I do want to talk to you about issues relating to men. Uh, I had the opportunity. I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I actually attended the uh, the panel with men held at your church the other weekend. And, uh, oh, I didn't know you were there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was there. I didn't get a chance. To, you, were, you were busy running around. I didn't, didn't get a chance to shake your hand, but I, I, I was able to attend some of it, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it struck me how, you know, Regardless to economic status or upbringing, how all men experience events in our lives that can either make us or break us. And I remember yeah. the actor, Juan uh, Rucker, he talked vividly about some of those moments in his life that he was still facing. Yeah. Talk about yeah, yeah, what you're yeah. noticing in your, in your experience in your work involving men, uh, particularly, you know, when it comes to your work in working with as a men's ministry director there at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden and with even some of your work in dealing with uh, professional athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, you know, Marvin Gaye had a song, Makes Me Want to Holler, Throw Up Both My Hands. A lot of men feel that song, um, and, and, and largely because, you know, um, the way we're socialized as men, um, you can. I have a sister. If she falls down and she gets a scratch, she can. She's held. She's comforted. She can cry. Most men, especially men in this country, and it's not even limited to any particular race. It's just universal to men, particularly in America. Yeah. But most men can fall down and have a broken, have bone protruding and can be bleeding profusely. And you know, he's told to suck it up. Nothing wrong with you. Stop crying. He's shamed. He basically he's shamed. So you you follow me, Mike. So what happens for yeah. a lot of men? They can go through life at five, ten, fifteen, twenty. He he he's told nothing's wrong with him. Get up. You're all right. He's he's right. shamed. So now we ask him at twenty five years old, what do you feel? And he hasn't had a feeling in the last twenty years. And uh, and so he doesn't know how to feel. So men mm. grow up, Mike, with the rules of don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Wow. Well, you basically what you've basically done is said stop breathing, stop living. When you when you when that, those are the unwritten rules and laws for men. So what we have to do is help men get in touch with their heart, help men identify their thoughts, their feelings. Uh, I have men journal. I have a group that I lead. Uh, you know, we do. I do oversee the men's ministry, and a lot of our groups are designed for men to be very, very authentic, to be very relational, and to be very transparent. And so uh, I model that for men. I share yeah. from my own vulnerability, and mm-hmm. um, and I get men to really get honest about their heart. You know, so the more that men might can talk out what they're feeling the less likely they will act it out through drugs, through alcohol, through pornography, through, through inappropriate sexual uh, behavior. 
Yeah, as long as it's, you know, under the rug, it's it's hard to deal with. Now, within that sharing, yeah. and I know from, from men's, men's groups that I've been in, and, you know, I've seen men's groups take on more of accountability, you know, pieces. That, that's important. To, but within that, there's got to be trust because, you there's know, we, we ask men to come into an environment and open up and share. That's oftentimes not going to happen if they don't feel, you know, the person I'm sharing with. Is this going to be confidential? You know, so I, yeah. I think it you got to be intentional about building that trust, wouldn't you say? Oh, you you do, you do. And trust, uh, without trust, you have constant suspicion. So if I can't trust you, then I'm suspicious of you. And and check it out. Trust is built, Mike, through vulnerability. You've got to yeah. be willing to be vulnerable. Uh, so as I work with men and lead men, I, I, I share with them, uh, the second year of my marriage, having an emotional affair. Uh, I share with them uh, my challenges to work through my own anger, uh, yeah. you know, in my own li- you know, life. So I model for them. And so what they see is, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, he's a leader. Well, he, if he can go there, then I can go there. And, if, you know, so the yeah. speed of the leader, the speed of the team, the speed of the environment, the speed of other men sharing – and um, and that comes straight from Jesus, Mike. I mean, what happens yeah. is Jesus is honest. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and every man has a Gethsemane when he has a painful event, a crisis in his life, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's daddy pain, whether it's a health piece. We all have this Gethsemane moment that is so poignant, so powerful, so overwhelming, and we don't like it. And Jesus models for men, Mike, when he says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup Every man has something in his cup he doesn't like. Every man. Wow. Okay? And so, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. And so he is the model of authentic manhood. So we take our cues from him, not from, you know, the Three Stooges, Larry Curley and Moe, or John Shaft, or, 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 you know, Daniel Washington. We, 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 you know, we look to Jesus to be the, uh, the, to epitomize authentic manhood no and i'm glad you use that that the model of jesus you know the ultimate servant leader uh and when you talk about jesus was the model of manhood sometimes you know I, I think people get it a little twisted sometimes we see the pictures you know of jesus you know holding the children and holding you know sitting by lambs and all of that's good i'm sure jesus had a meek side but at the same time uh jesus was a real man when they say he went from this place to the other place they weren't riding in uh in, in Lexus or Mercedes. They walked, you know. So yeah, he was yeah. he had the rugged side where he was a man's man. And you know, you think about Jesus getting angry and turning over the tables, you know, in, in the exactly. in the sanctuary. He he showed yeah. anger, yeah, but he but he yeah. not. And what are you seeing as far as once men? Because I mean, you work with a lot of men. What what are you seeing as men begin to open up and share? What are you seeing happening in their lives and in their families as these men make these transitions? They get confidence. They get clarity. Life is no longer cluttered and clouded. Um, men begin to get confidence. Uh, shame no longer holds them uh, in, in its grip. You know, a lot of men feel shame, Mike. A lot of men feel like, who am I to think that I could do that? Uh, I don't, a lot of men self-talk for a lot of men. These are private thoughts that men think, but they don't say, who am I to think that I could do that? Um, I don't have what it takes to do that, whatever it is. Uh, the fear of success is very real. What if I'm successful but I can't sustain it and then I fail? Mm. The fear of failure. So when men can really lift up the window shade to their heart and get honest about uh, these private thoughts, these, uh, these, you know, these kinds of things, freedom happens, Mike. They, 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 wow. they can then become freer. Uh, the freer you get, the healthier you get. Um, you're able to give yourself in relationship to that woman, to your children, to other people. Um, I say to men, it takes a healthy me to build a strong we. Mm, you get that? It good. takes a healthy that's me. Good. So it's me being really honest about me. Uh, it takes a healthy me to build a strong we. And uh, and healthy means I'm honest about my stuff. Shame, wow. lies, pain, uh, rejection, abandonment, whatever my stuff is, 
I don't sweep it under the carpet. I'm honest about it. I man up. I don't blame other people for why my story isn't working. I don't blame the woman. I don't blame my dad. I'm willing to do the work. And it's important to do that work, Mike, because this is hard work. But hard work, check it out, hard work is heart work. Okay? Hard work is heart Mm. work, and it's worth the work. So let's help men do the work, Mike. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely, and the uh, the stakes are high, and that's uh that's, yeah. that's key. Yeah. And um, Michael Fordham's our producer's been listening in. And I'm telling you, he's chopping at the bit, man. He's he's texting me away here, great things he wants to point out. Mike, j- jump in here, man. Well, you know, you, you made a lot of points, um, and um, I don't even know where to start now at this point. But <laughs> one of the great things that you were talking about is um, the world now is celebrating all of these misleading role models that are impacting our men and um, especially our young men. So it gives them the wrong direction. And um, without any guidance or anyone to tell them that this is not, um, you know, real, it's fantasy, um, they really can't understand what to connect to, to to make the real changes that will bring about real relationships. And um, one of the other things, you I mean, you talked about the dating sites as well. I think one of the issues is, is, you know, a lot of folks that are using these sites have become, you know, critics. They become too analytical in reading a bio. You know, you're not grading a term paper. This is a person. And the only <laughs> right. real thing you're going to be able to figure out about that person is is if you meet them. So the focus always needs to be on interaction. But we're sort of losing right. some of this with social media. Just tell us about some of the, um, I guess, some of the techniques someone could use to really make sure that they're really connecting and get their mind right in um, focusing on trying to use some of these sites effectively well i agree with you i think you have to i mean i I see that really as a clearinghouse as a filtering system to at least say you sound decent and look decent enough worthy of a meeting that's all it's doing okay (laughs) that's all it's doing okay but like you said once we have that meeting um you you want to lay hands you don't lay hands subtly on anyone. You, 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 know, you put your big toe in the water, not your whole foot in the water. So you want to simply ask questions and treat it uh, almost like an interview. I mean, you would never go on a job interview or if you were a CEO and just hire someone because, oh, they look good and they got pretty feet. Uh, <laughs> you would do the work. You would interview. You would want to know, so you were married before, what happened in your first marriage? At some point when it's appropriate to have that kind of conversation, but these are the kind of questions, right. you know, what's, what's different with you now from your last marriage? Okay? You know, you want to you do that. I, I've just seen too many smart people who would never make business decisions or mergers without doing the work, without checking credit, without checking shareholders, without doing that work. And I think some of those dynamics lend itself to the dating relationship scene. Uh, I have couples, for example, get credit histories. When you start getting engaged, you need to know that. I need to know how mm. you do money. Mm. We need to yeah. have as many agreements as possible. Amos 3.3 in the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So we have to have – we don't have to agree on everything. We can have different sports teams. That's, that's not a major agreement. But we do need to agree about how we're going to do money. We yeah. do need to agree on, on sex. <laughs> we do need to agree on spiritual values. Uh, we do need to agree on, on family and are we going to have children and, and, and how many. We need to agree on those things. And so yeah. we have to have some big, uh, you know, ticketed items and agreements on some big ticket items. So, um, so again, it's, the, the, the social sites and these, and these opportunities to meet through these, uh, these dating services are only saying you look worthy of a meeting. <laughs> That's all it does. Yeah. All, you still got to do the work. You still awesome. got to do the work. You, yeah, you still got to do the work. You still got to have the conversations. And the other thing I would say, um, I caution couples, don't get into the sexual. Don't go there. It's sort of like Mm. a house. Someone's going Mm -hmm. to take you on a tour in a house. For some reason, they don't start at, oh, here's my bedroom. They say, here's the kitchen, here's Mm. the den, Mm -hmm. here's the the basement, here's the theater room. I don't know, for whatever reason, the master bedroom is the last room. But in relationships, boy meets girl, um, 
almost the first room we go to is the bedroom, and we haven't laid a foundation. Mm-hmm. We haven't learned who you are in the kitchen. I don't know who you are in the bathroom. I don't know who you are in, in the basement. <laughs> I don't know your baggage. And so we need to have conversations, and that's what my book, Renovations, uh, Renovating Your Marriage, it, that's, what, that's exactly why I wrote it, with the metaphor of a house and rooms and it's not until the, nearly the last chapter do I even go into the master's bedroom, but I'm walking the reader, dating and engaged couples, married couples, through these other rooms to get to know each other and connect there before you go into this really, really great room called the master's bedroom. Dr. Parker, I have to say something. You, you said something pretty amazing in what you said in the beginning because you said People ought to challenge themselves on all the things that break marriages first in dating and mm. getting to know one another. And you laid them all out. If you can get over those hurdles, then you know where you are. Then you can really think about getting married and engagement and everything that comes thereafter. I just thought that was awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been seeing this, and like I said, I've, I've, I've dated before I got married, obviously, and I, I made my mistakes, and made my mistakes in 25 years of marriage, and um, and the marriages and the relationships that flourish and are functional and flourish are the ones who have made intentional choices uh, to um, to be in agreement on some mm. major areas, critical areas. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, I would like to shift directions just a little bit. I want to talk about leadership. Uh, you know, I don't believe it can be overstated, the need for highly effective leadership. What are your perspectives on leadership on leadership, and how others can tap into their inner leader? And, and I preface it with this. Oftentimes, you know, we think about leaders, and oftentimes the, the character or the, the way we relate to leaders is that leader who you might be dynamic, out front, you know, the bombastic you know, the, the great orator or the, or the coach um, who's really good out front. But oftentimes, you know, those sometimes it's the leaders who's behind the scenes, the person who can make things happen that doesn't necessarily always get the limelight. What, is, you yeah. think, what, is, what, what are you noticing in your work in dealing with, you know, different companies or different organizations and just leadership in general? What are some of your uh, beliefs on leadership? You know, um, I think leadership is, when I say is, it's an acronym, leadership, leaders influence, that's the I, leaders serve, that's the S. So leadership is influence and service. And so to do that at the root of profound leadership, I don't care where you got your MBA, I don't care where you got your doctorate, if you got training at all and this idea of, you know, organizational development and leadership theory and all those things. And I have a doctorate in strategic leadership and organizational development. But at the end of the day, the core, the heart and soul of profound leadership is humility. Mm. Is humility. And what leaders do, leaders leave others better off than how they found them. Wow. That's what leaders do. Leaders serve. Leaders mm. leave others better off. Again, Jesus Christ is the epitome of great leadership, of leadership, Absolutely. servant leadership, transformational leadership. When you're a leader and you don't demand that someone follows you, but they follow you because they want to, you're leading. Mm. You're leading. And so whether, like you said, um, it's not the charismatic leader. That's not the person Although there are people who lead and they have a lot of charisma, that's not right. going to be the thing that's going to sustain your leadership is, is being charismatic. What's going to sustain your leadership is your heart and your humility. Mm. And, uh, and you, can be, you can be the guy who's not so charismatic, but you're making a difference in a silent way. Snow has an impact even in its silence. Mm. Okay. Falling snow has an impact, but it's very silent. Okay? Mm. Uh, lightning and thunder has an impact. It's very loud. But so snow has an impact even in its silence. So, um, so the leaders who uh, really are the transformational and the servant leaders 
are the leaders who lead from this place of humility. They're able to go back and say, I made a mistake. I was wrong. Um, yeah. That's what. That's the kind of leader that men and women are looking for to be able to admit when you when you fell short. Um, that's the kind of leader. It's the kind of leader that that wants to um, uh, leave. As I said earlier, uh, that team, uh, the people, better off than how he or she found them. Yeah. That's the kind of leader that our world is hungry for. No, that's good. Can you? Can you share that story uh, about Joe Gibbs? That that stood out about him and a moment of leadership where, you know, oftentimes we wouldn't think about a head coach, you know, sharing their mistakes, sure. but how that helped the team. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I worked with the Redskins, and, and after the death of uh, Sean Taylor, uh, the Redskins were playing the Buffalo Bills, and Joe Gibbs uh, called back-to-back timeouts and, you can't do that. That's against the rules. So it costs uh, the Redskins field position, um, and it looked like they were about to win the game and probably positioned to win the game. But because of that mistake, uh, it set them back, and they were unable to. They were unable to recover, and they lost the game. Well, Joe Gibbs took responsibility. He was a great leader in that moment. He never blamed the team. He never blamed the circumstances of that week of Sean Taylor's death. He didn't blame anyone. He just said, I did this. I made the mistake. Um, I should have known better. And, um, and, and, and there are players who were there, um, and they still talk about that moment. That stood out to them. Um, and that's a profound yeah. thing. It's not always what the leader did that was successful, but how did the, how did the leader handle failure? Wow, that's the that's thing that, that men look at. How did the leader mm. handle failure? Did the leader blame? Did the leader throw people under the bus? Or did the leader right. man up? And that's what Joe Gibbs did in that moment. And that's what the men who watched that, that's what they took away from that experience. Wow, that's good. Tell us about some of your experiences uh, traveling and, and meeting with different leaders. Um, when you go into an organization or you go in before a forum, what are some of the things that you've experienced and noticed in going into different organizations that might be trying to turn things around? Do you have any stories yeah. or any examples of uh, just what some of those experiences are like for you? Bring us into the, the inner circle of some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just had one. I just uh, recently we were traveling. We just got back from Indiana, and I met with a leader in the organization. Uh, spent two days with him and his team. And, uh, you know, we have a system, Mike, and uh, called Turn the Page. It's, it's helping you change your story by changing your life, changing your organization, changing your team, changing your leadership. So it's change your story, change your life, change your life, change your story. So um, had a chance to just really listen to uh, what's going on for that leader. And, and, and clearly a lot of leaders feel, like a lot of men, like a lot of, like a lot of people in general, but this particular leader, uh, it's very common to get a leader, CEO, who feels like he or she should be further ahead than where they are. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when, you, when you're in one place and you want to be another place, there's frustration, right? So there's frustration. Right. And um, my strength in what I do in this turn to pay system, and as I've done, with, I've done with the Redskins and done with other leaders around the country, is they're cluttered and cloudy. I'm able to go in, as I did with him, uh, and bring high definition clarity through questions mm. and some of the tools that I use. So, um, so I'm able to really pull out what's the story you want to tell for your personal life. What's the story you want to tell for your organizational life? Uh, your current where what needs to be edited, rewritten. So that's the language that I use when I work with this leader and other leaders. Is really looking at helping them get clarity because the, the, my belief is once you get clarity, uh, then you can get commitment. Once you get perspective, then you can propel, you can move forward. Uh, perspective before planning. And, mm. and so it's really helping them think through what's the story, my life, my leadership, my organization, my team, what's the story being told what parts of that don't I like and need to be edited, rewritten? 
how do I do that? What are the elements that I need to rewrite this story? So that's a large part of what I do from my coaching, from my team uh, development, is really help bring clarity, bring tools so that leaders and teams and organizations can get that clarity and that they can tell the story that really uh, sets their heart and organization aflame. That's good. That's good. Is there a moment that you look back uh, in your experience where maybe you were at that critical point of I could go this direction or I could go that direction, but you had to find clarity? What was that moment, uh, maybe a turnaround moment for you, and how did you navigate it? No, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of those moments in 53 years. I've had a lot of those moments. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's a um, – uh, I'm a guy who goes to the woods a lot. You, you gotta, every, every life, you've got to have a place where you get clarity for yourself, where your soul can catch its breath. Okay? Yeah. You've got to have a place. And, and, and for me, you know, it's, it's the mountains, it's the woods, it's the ocean. I just spent a week at the ocean in, in Myrtle Beach with my family and getting up in the morning and going to the ocean. No one's out there. But near my home, there's woods. And I journal. That's the other thing I do. The journaling yeah. and the outdoors of the ocean and nature uh, quiets me so I can listen and I can reflect. So reflecting, journaling helps to give me clarity. And, and in that, I also seek wise counsel from older, uh, not always older, but people that are wiser um, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and love me and I love and I trust. And so I yeah. go and I lift up the window shade to my own soul and I say, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling, what do you see? You know, what blind spots, spots are there? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? And mm -hmm. uh, so I have a coach myself. I have a coach slash therapist that I will go to at least once a month and I'll just sit and um, it's, my, it's my emotional massage, if you will. It's my emotional That's massage. Good where I just really allow my coach and therapist to just kind of run his finger along the contours of my soul and just help me get clarity. Because here's the deal. I, I, I realize, and, and, and every life is this way, none of us can know ourselves, grow ourselves, by ourselves. Wow. You know? Yeah. So we have to have a support cast of people who see things in us that we don't see and call that out or things in us that are concerns and they hold us accountable to address. That's good. What can churches do more of, you think, along that process to help support people uh, and find their way? Of course, relevant, you know, preaching and teaching. But what about some of the other programs and, and things that churches can do to help people navigate those difficult times? Yeah, well, I think, and I think, I, and, I, and I, I see this happening actually slowly. Um, churches being more and more open to the coaching process, and mm -hmm. um, you know, even tools and systems like the one I've developed and uh, turned the page, where we can train. Uh, everyone's not going to go back to school and get a master's and doctorate in psychology and, and do that. But there are many right. people who have gifts that connect well with people, and the process is not as laborious. And you can go and get training as a coach. So imagine where we have churches where people are getting trained and certified as, as coaches, and they can help uh, other people get clarity on their story, on their life, and um, – and be extremely impactful. So I see, I'm seeing more and more churches that are um, open to the whole coaching process, training uh, their people and the coaching skills where a lot of those needs can be met in the body life of the church and they don't have to bombard the pastor's office with, right. um, you know, with uh, emotional needs because a lot of that can be met people in the pew. Wow, that's good. That's good. And I know you're a, you're a parent, father of three. What would you say to that, that young person who might be out there who's trying to, who, trying to find their way? Uh, maybe they don't have, you know, what they need in order to become successful. Maybe they're listening in today. What would you say to that young person who might be 
you know, at a, at a crossroads? What would you say to encourage them? I would say um, be honest about what's really going on in your heart. Uh, seek out a person that you respect, um, that, is seem, that, that is wise um, and, and hopefully spiritually minded, godly minded, and, and, and tell them your story. Uh, ask them, can I, can I meet with you? Um, and tell them what's going on for you and, 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 and think about what is it that you want? What is it that mm. you're looking for? Uh, what is the pain in your life? Uh, is it daddy pain that's preventing you from moving forward? Is it a desire to try something or to go away to college or to uh, you're struggling with peer pressure or feeling bullied? But I would just say don't stay stuck in your story by yourself. That's, that's mm, you know, that's don't good. stay stuck. There are people out here. God loves you, so I want you to hear that. You are loved by God. You're God's son. Absolutely. You're God's daughter. And, um, and seek out a godly, wise person that you can talk to about what's going on in your life. No, that's good. That's good. And I know Michael Fordham's been listening in, and uh, he had either a question or a comment. Yeah, um, along the same lines, I- I'm wondering, how is it that a person, with all the distractions of today and all the things that are keeping a person from their real self and really digging deep and going into that place of reflection like you talked about, people really have to find what it is they have to give. Um, can you help us with some steps that a person can really settle themselves and start to begin to look for that thing within themselves that they need to share with others? Well, again, I think it really starts best from uh, quietness. You've got to have some, um, some stillness in your life. You've got to have a place where you're still. Uh, you, it's hard to move in uh, one's purpose and calling when in, in, in a noise, like you said, in a very noisy, noisy world. So first I would say find a place of stillness. Find a place of stillness. Go there. Go to that place of stillness. It could be in your basement. It may, for some people, it may sit and be in a hot bathtub in the bathroom. But find a place of stillness. That's one. Um, and ask yourself, too, ask yourself questions. Where am I? What do I want? Okay. Three, journal. Journal. Journal gratitude. What am I grateful for? What happened today? What happened this week? Journal two to three things that you're grateful for. Journal. Fourth, exercise. Uh, exercise is a wonderful way to release endorphins and increase um, positive feelings in your body mm-hmm. and in your brain. So whether that's weather is nice, go swimming, go walking in the morning when it's cool, or in the evening when it's cool, or now in the summer. So um, so exercise, do that. And five, be a part of a, um, a mastermind group, okay? Basically, it's a storytelling group. It's people who help to, shape, uh, help to shape your story, and you're helping to shape their story. So you're getting together. It could, be, could, could form from a book club, but be a part of a mastermind group of like-minded people uh, who want to be um, impactful, effective, productive, um, in life, and, um, you, and, 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 and you may be the one to start it. You may be looking for one, but maybe you're the one to start it. And invite, hey, come on over Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock, uh, let's get something on the deck, get something on the grill, whatever, and, um, and um, share your heart. Say, hey, listen, this was on my heart. I'm wondering, you guys wrestle with some of these things, and, and here's a book that I found that, you know, um, that 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 might speak to uh purpose calling um so i would i would recommend those kinds of uh steps oh that's good and i know you have materials that uh people will be able to find very helpful tell us about um some of your work some of your books that you author i know you have dvds go ahead and plug that because i think the more materials that people can get in their hands will be helpful. Talk about that and how people can get in contact with you. Sure. Well, well I mentioned earlier, Renovating Your Marriage, which is the marriage book. Uh, you can certainly get that. Um, 
uh, that's there. Exceptional living, 31 exercises to enrich your life, work, and relationships. So each day there's an exercise for you to do, like it's uh, setting aside 10 minutes of personal spa time. Uh, where you go in a quiet room and uh, listen to music and put on some and have some nice aroma in that room, a candle that you light. Uh, so that book is um, Exceptional Living, 31 Enriching Exercises for Life, Work, and Relationships. Um, then we have all kinds of CDs, uh, healing um, from Daddy Pain. Um, we have um, uh, uh, Love and Respect, uh, Blueprints for Your Marriage, uh, building on the strong foundation, the wrong foundation in relationships. So we have a plethora uh, of resources, and they can find those by, you know, going to my website, my name, johnnyparker.com, Johnny with a Y, johnnyparker.com, and uh, they'll see that, what I just give, and a host of other resources. There's downloadables, free downloadables, of um, particularly for people, singles, as one on 26 questions that singles should ask. Um, there's another one, article written for women, changing your man without him knowing what happened. So, um, so we have a number of, of resources um, uh, for, uh, for, for, for listeners that can really Excellent. help them turn the page. Yeah. Excellent. And people can also contact you, right, for... Uh Yes, they, need they can contact me or, again through know, my website. Yeah, speaking. yeah, they can contact me johnnyparker.com or johnny at johnnyparker.com. They can email me johnny at johnnyparker.com. They can get me on Twitter, uh, Dr. Johnny Parker. Uh, they can catch me on Twitter uh, as well. And um, so, yeah, please get me in at place. Johnny. Yeah, at Dr. Johnny Parker. I believe so. Yeah. Yes, at Dr. Johnny Parker. Excellent, excellent. Now, I do want, we've got a few minutes left here, and, and I wanted to leave, reserve a few more minutes uh, for a topic that we've talked about some, but I really want you to, to narrow in on this for us. Perhaps someone's listening that might be contemplating divorce. Uh, maybe they're in a broken relationship, maybe even an abusive relationship. Um, I want to go there a little bit more in depth before we wrap up here. What would you say to that person who's, who's struggling within a marriage, their, their relationship uh, is on the edge. Encourage them, help them. What are some things yeah. they should be thinking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things. Um, be honest with yourself about what's really going on for you uh, in terms of your own pain and, and, and stress and your heart's broken, your heart's overwhelmed. Um, and take all of that honesty, all of that pain, uh, do two things. Uh, one, find one or two really trusted friends that you can share what your life feels like, what your story is experiencing right now, and then even more importantly, pour out that, pour your heart out to God. Be so honest with God. I've been there in terms of honesty and uh, life overwhelm, feeling overwhelmed by life. Um, and so I invite that you to, uh, to really pour out your heart just like I shared earlier, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, God, I don't want this cup. I don't want this abusive relationship. I don't want this divorce. I don't want to forgive. I don't like my spouse. I don't want my marriage. I challenge, I would challenge you to be really, really honest. God can handle, God's big enough to handle your honesty. He's big enough to handle your bleeding. You're bleeding right now. And he's big enough to handle your honesty and your bleeding. I just invite you to be honest. Hear the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so mm. I just invite you to not suffer in silence. Share your bleeding with safe, trusted friends who you feel safe with and share your bleeding in your heart and your pain with, with God. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. And also, you know, that, that relationship might be worth salvaging. And I think the importance of counseling is, is critical. Because sometimes, you know, you need that other person who's not in it with you to be able to, right. you know, sit back and, and, and help mediate. So I would also give a plug exactly. for counseling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Seek counseling. I forgot. Yeah, definitely. Seek, seek, 
good, sound, um, especially Christian counseling. I'm biased to Christian counseling, so seek yeah. out Christian counseling through your church or uh, Christian counseling in your community. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Parker, man, I'm glad we met, and I'm glad to I'm glad to know you, bro, and I'm glad you were able to be on our broadcast today. I really enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed it. It's been an honor, man. Awesome, sir. Keep doing what you're doing, and do not grow weary in well-doing. You're making a tremendous impact. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Well, friends, you heard it today. You, too, can live a maximized life. No matter what you've been through, there can be that moment where you realize that your tests and trials were never really about you, but for God's glory and to help empower others. The gifts you were given by God ought not be hidden or compared to the gifts of others, but they're to be used for his glory. You never know how you can impact a life or many lives. Well, we've, got, we've had a great broadcast today. Listen now to our promotional about social digital media. Until next time, love God, love people, live on purpose. Social Digital Media Incorporated is a 501c3 not-for-profit, member-supported digital multimedia production facility structured to serve the public and independent producers of digital media, primarily for the web. Social Digital Media Incorporated offers state-of-the-art member-funded digital recording studios to allow its members to create portable, professional-quality digital video and audio productions that can easily be rebroadcast using any number of the hundreds of web syndication services currently available. In a nutshell, it's public broadcasting for today's generation. To put it plainly, any person or organization that could benefit from the exposure of radio, TV, or video will benefit from the low-cost resources made available through Social Digital Media Incorporated. Our goal is to help promote a digitally inclusive society through emerging digital media production standards that empower its members by providing a digital gateway that provides the tools and personnel needed to produce professional, inexpensive multimedia formats on a digital, portable platform to capture, deliver, and broadcast their message to the world. We are working towards our goal of opening the doors of a state-of-the-art studio to a community of passion-led artists who have a gift to share with the world they impact. We are already in the process of creating a new culture of mentors and apprentices equipped with the advanced production skills taught via informal education systems that will foster a brand new learning environment for bridging the digital divide. We move art from concept to impact because social digital media moves the world from disconnected to connected. Find out how to help us reach our goal at socialdigitalmedia.org. Oh
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.